Oh, Lindsay, um, yep. Do you have the description? So yeah, this... I description. I I do, yes. Okay, we didn't go over that. Okay. We'll record. Welcome back, Scarletears, to the Scarletears Podcast. Woo! I'm Amanda. And I am Lindsay. And we are talking about season four, episode six. We're gonna talk about the episode and we're kind of wrapping up the whole season as a whole what we want to see for season five. So this one's going to be interesting. We have, Yay! yeah, this is a good one. We have lots of thoughts. So buckle in. Uh, um, we <laughs> have, we have Scarleteers, um, Francesca. Welcome, Francesca. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yay, Yay! welcome back. <laughs> yeah, you're one of our favorites. You've been on the podcast and you have great insights in the group. So we love you. Yeah. Oh, I love you guys too. This is an awesome group. So I'm super excited to talk about it. Oh, thank you. So we're going to talk about episode six and wrapping up our thoughts and what we want to see in episode or episode season five. So Lindsay, do you have a description for episode six? I do because I'm okay. fully prepared. Okay. Um, I, have, I have the description and I have a lot of notes. Um, so season four, episode six is called The Fugitive. And the episode, the little uh, episode description is Eliza is on the trail of a fugitive who is charged with murder. She must find him before the police do or risk losing everything. Mm. Now, like we've kind of said before about the episode description, it's a little bit loose because I'm pretty mm. sure he isn't charged. No, he's suspected yeah. of murder, but he's yeah. never charged. It's a bit vague, but once you seen this, seen the episode, it it kind of makes more sense why it's vague, because mm-hmm. who who is who's suspected? So our fugitive is Mr. Patrick Nash, oh, which oh, I oh. think. <laughs> A few people in the group kind of put this one forward. Yeah. Guess when we did the season four guesses that it might be Nash. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think Meg as well, who who we've talked on the podcast before. So there was a few people who kind of were like, oh, I wonder if it'll be Nash. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think it would be. I thought, mm, no, yeah. probably not. Um, so I was quite surprised that it was Nash. Yeah, well, I think like half of the group probably thought it was William as well. Yeah, that was, when that we was my guess, that would be William. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I, it would have been an interesting direction too if it had been William, but I didn't think it was Nash. So I was as surprised as you, Lindsay. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. was, uh, I mean, in, in theory, it kind of could have been because I think we all had picked up on that line from um season three episode three where he talks about his brother getting murdered and I think again we we oh. kind of picked up that that could come into play later on so I was quite I was quite surprised it was Nash but at the same time when it was a storyline about his brother I was like ah there you go See, We're with for, you. Me, for me it kind of came out of left field because to me Nash isn't doesn't seem like a vengeful person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so to me that he was like Oh, I'm gonna seek vengeance. Was oh okay, <laughs> sure. So, yeah, I mean, I he's obviously been stewing in it for a while. Yeah. I think they say it's been eight years yeah. since his brother died. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I it was I I I was surprised myself how much I enjoyed this episode. I have to say, yeah, it was. A good I didn't. One. Yeah, I didn't think I before I watched it. I was kind of like, well, how's this gonna go? Um, obviously we know Williams in New York, so the likelihood was he wasn't gonna be in this episode, and I was like am I going to like a season finale that doesn't have our leading male in it? But Mm. actually I think he, William's presence is felt a lot because of how Fitzroy and Phelps are. Um, So, and I, and I really enjoyed their, their characters throughout. Um, So yeah. So should we start at the beginning? I think that's a good place to start in my notes. I found the opening of this episode really surprising at the fact that they're running through somewhere they don't know obviously they find out that it's a a pigment factory where they've made clothing and all that powder is is pigment for dyeing clothes they're kind of running around with a gunman shooting at them and in my head when I first watched the opener I was kind of like hmm William's just been in a hospital having been shot You've seen, Eliza, the the outcomes of being shot. I expect you to be a little bit more concerned. More cautious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also kind of thought, hmm, William would never put you in this position of running around somewhere being shot at. He would hate it. Mm -hmm. Bless him. (laughs) Well, it was a great opening with, like, the chase scene. And they're, like, scurrying around, I guess. Eliza and Nash are going to scurry around, I guess. That's going to be their kind of mo <laughs> scurrying but it was funny that you know they get behind the closed door and nash is like i i box for county wixlow or used to box for county wixlow and then you know he does the boxing stance and eliza arms herself with i guess scissors i didn't quite see what she grabbed but you know and nash was like i thought you poisoned him and He's like, well, he's kind of bigger than what I thought he was. And it was it was really funny, the back and forth between the two of them, you know, kind of, you know, picking at each other and, you know, fighting. I'm like, this is not the time to be <laughs> to be, you know, fussing at each other, you know. But it was it was quite funny with Nash, Nash trying to box in his little boxing stance. And I did like when Eliza, when he says, oh, I used to box for County Wicklow and Eliza's like, is that a good standard? Because <laughs> when, when we kind of, because this came up in season three um, and with Moses and I think we all kind of at the time when he said about it, we were all like, um, is that a good standard? So I found that quite amusing. Yeah. And then. When are we going to see Nash actually box? I mean, did he even in season three i'm trying to remember if he actually knocked him back. he got no. he got punched out and then like moses punched. Died, so i don't i don't know if he was that good he may have boxed but <laughs> did he win anything that's kind of the answer or question does moses, I, I may I have to pass my mind back here but does moses say something like are you gonna come and help or something i'm <laughs> sure there's some sort of a retort from moses in, in yeah. something like that yeah but I, the the opening was really funny, and I it was really good. It was a nice little throwback there, I think. Mm-hmm. But they they solve the case, and it's a big big case, I guess. And then we see that Eliza finally has an office full of men. Yeah, so, I'm gutted funny. though. I'm gutted at the fact we didn't see any of it. 
mm-hmm. we didn't see like all her success right now is kind of off screen between episode five and six and it would have been really nice to kind of see it I don't know maybe that's me um I'd, I'd love to have seen some of her success there yeah because Nash says something about like you've been working seven days a week for the past couple of months and so yeah we're left from wondering like well what's happened for the past couple months like let's see Eliza working let's see her progressing let's see her learning let's let's see her successes like what well what are the successes like she's obviously done well for herself because Clarence says it's been like one of their most successful quarters yeah yeah so we'll see or we'll not see I guess (laughs) I guess it just it seems like things are going really well for her mm-hmm. which is really nice and I think we do all want to kind of cheer on Eliza's successes yeah and we wanted her to succeed at Nash and Sons I don't think I think we all expected her to succeed eventually we figured it'd be tough at first while she's learning but yeah. I think we all thought she would succeed there so it's nice to know that she does it's nice to know that she's kind of managed to get this and it sounds from her little speech to everybody that she is starting to learn how to be a good manager mm-hmm. yeah which she's never done before yeah yeah I agree I felt like this was similar to that feeling in season three I think this was the uh there right the episode five when you know we see her almost making it right like she's yeah. so close but it's like so when she gets so close to success what is it? What is it about like some external factor and, and all those forces bringing it sort of down in some ways? You know, I'm I'm curious about what the underlying meaning to that. So. Can she never succeed? Oh. Is that the point? Yeah. You know, yeah. she's got to keep working away. <laughs> There's no shortcut to success. Well, I don't know if it's can she never succeed. I don't think she has a firm definition of what success is. Or maybe she thinks, okay, this is this is success, but then she reaches it and she goes, well, it's not what I thought, so I have to do more or get more or do better, and you know the the finish line always changes for her, and it it's going to be ever changing, and it's mm-hmm. it's never going to be enough. I mean, I yeah. feel like she's happy. I feel like when she's, yeah. you know, I don't feel like she's miserable working there. I feel feel like she's happy in the success that she's found at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, she seems content and proud. I mean, tired, but proud of the work she's done with the men that they've hired. Mm. I feel like the purpose might be, or, you know, the dramatic twist of like, she's gotten so close, but then of course, you know, there's there's always some sort of, you know, something hiding in the background. Um, but I feel like, I think it's worth it to say that it's okay to see her succeed and let it be like the story of an episode. Like, I think we there's a lot that can really be drawn from that. I think you can still bring in challenges and still succeed. So I just... I hope that in the future, you know, that's something that we do get to see. Yeah, because we've seen a lot of Eliza's, I wouldn't say necessarily failures, but she's had a lot of cases where like season two, she did a lot of cases where she didn't get paid or paid a lot or, you know, whatever. And so that's not like an outright failure, but that's a failure to succeed in the business sense. And so 
it's nice to see now it's succeeding, even though it's under the, you know, the head headline of national sides, you know, her business is succeeding and she's succeeding as a businesswoman. And so it is nice to see this Eliza as a successful businesswoman in a successful business. And so yeah. maybe we Yeah, I suppose for them. the last three cases, she's actually been paid for them, yeah, which yes. is impressive. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's probably a record for her. <laughs> uh, we need to keep a tally. <laughs> Big well, whiteboard. I think, and- I think it's season three that she doesn't actually I don't think she earns any money for any of the cases in season that's three. That's season three? Okay. Not yeah, that's three. why she was looking for a loan. Remember? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she needed money. Yes. Because she had the Basil probably didn't pay her in the first episode. She wasn't yeah. earning any ma- money investigating Arabella. She no. didn't um, earn her money when she went to France. No. She may have earned some money when for the, the mafia guys in episode four, didn't earn her money for the air. And there certainly wasn't any money on offer in um, episode six with the bomb plot. So, yeah, I think this is quite a record for her. Yes, it's nice. Three cases in a row. Go, Eliza. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about the fact that, you know, she's already pretty, pretty, I would say this was a big uh, win for her. And I'm thinking, well, she has enough to get a ticket to New York then. So why not? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know. She wins big at the horse races, so that's that too. funny too. Yeah, yeah, it maybe. Maybe Yeah, maybe that's the key. She's gonna be good at the horses. There you go. That's gonna pay for a ticket to New York. It's not expensive. All right. I'm gonna look it up later. Okay. Ticket to New York in 1884. It's not Google. <laughs> I mean, it's only an eight-day boat trip from Liverpool. It can't be that expensive, <laughs> but, but it would mean a lot for William. So I'm just saying, yes. you know, that would be great. You can't put a price on love. <laughs> and and speaking of William, uh, obviously yeah. we we kind of see Phelps and um, Fitzroy. They're like a little pair of gossiping schoolgirls. I just was giggling the whole time when they're kind of chatting and, you know, Phelps is kind of like just, oh, I don't know who's taking over from Duke and it's been two months and I'm kind of sitting there going, so how long has William been gone? Because it sounded like from, you know, Eliza's conversation with Clarence and Nash that maybe he's been gone a quarter because it's their most successful quarter or... Mate, but then they say, "Oh, he's been gone for two months." So it seems interesting that Scotland Yard uh, haven't replaced him. So it kind of makes me feel like oh, maybe he was quite important. And I found it really interesting when they say Hudson doesn't want to take the role because I thought William was being promoted to the role that Hudson got instead of him. So surely Hudson wouldn't want William's role because it would be a step down. No, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't catch that. Am yeah. I thinking about this too logically? Am I taking this too far now? <laughs> well, you mentioned the uh, the term the poison chalice, right? So you were really intrigued by that line of like, why is this job so hard to fill? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it seems like it was not only a really hard job, 
but there's a lot underneath. I mean, that role would, would take a lot of, um, there's just like the, the government politics, right? I mean, you just have to deal with a lot of stuff as an inspector. So, yeah. And I think I maybe mean, I his thought... role as well, you know, yeah. specifically. I mean, it's interesting because I thought there would be a role above him of like chief inspector and that's what he's going for. But the way he talks with the super mm -hmm. and he talks with the Commissioner Fitzroy, I'm kind of like, I'm not really sure what William's role is these days. So it was really interesting when, you you know, Fitzroy and his dad are sitting in a pub, which is hilarious because I kind of, I wrote down, is Daddy Fitzroy a male Mrs. Parker? <laughs> <laughs> because I just kind of got this vibe of, oh God, could you imagine if Mrs. Parker and Rupert were sitting down in a bar like this? Daddy Parker and Mrs. She'd have a heart attack. Really tickled me. Um, so just kind of like I just got that kind of vibe that just yeah. really made me laugh, and I just found it really interesting. And it was it's so sweet because you just see Fitzroy, um, Oliver Fitzroy, being so he so wants his dad's kind of respect, yeah. and you can see when when his dad's kind of offering him the idea of this job even though I'm sure he doesn't want it like I'm sure he's probably thinking in the back of his mind I'm not ready for this but I want to make my dad proud and yeah. you can relate to that yeah yeah absolutely like that's the first I feel like he's always been probably trying to seek that right like throughout the years and it's you know it's a very complicated relationship right between Fitzroy and his father <laughs> And that's his, it's like, this is his opportunity to like have a corrective experience, but he, and he's thinking, well, maybe this is the chance to finally have him proud of me. Yeah. It's sad. I have to say, it's really sad. You know, he deserves more. That's right. Yeah. I don't get the vibe though, that obviously they've had to change the actor who plays Fitzroy's dad. Um, I don't get the vibe though, that he'd be the one beating him up though. That was my only thing. I was like, he doesn't look like he's going to start <laughs> beating up Fitzroy. Fragile. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but I was kind of grateful because, uh, you know, I don't like the idea of Fitzroy being beaten up by his dad. No, um, but that's just me. Um, Socially beating him up. Yes. Yeah. Um, Oliver, you know, he gets the he hears the idea of, oh, you know, nobody wants to fill this, so I'm just gonna put you in it, and he's like, oh, oh me, and you know, he kind of goes. Yeah, he has that look of, oh, I'm not ready, but, you know, I'll do my best to make you proud. And thank you, Father. Thank you, sir. And, you know, I'll do my best. And, you know, you see that through a whole case where he's trying to live up to his father and, you know, do the best he can and just, you know, do his best and make his dad proud because he wants that respect and, you know, that final thank you and you're good. And I, you know, I see the value in you, son, you know you aren't you're such you're a good copper and you know kind of like what William echoed in the last episode where William says you know you're a good copper don't let anybody tell you otherwise you know Fitzroy Oliver wants to hear that from his dad and he's trying to get that from his dad in this case so yeah, yeah it's kind of sad that he's not heard it but he's trying his best and you know he's acting so like calm you know he doesn't like you know, get nervous and he's, you know, acting very calm and grown up and, but you can tell like behind his eyes that he wants to go like 
he'd be skittish and go, oh, 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 oh. okay, daddy, <laughs> you know, kind of, it, it's nice, but sweet, but sad, but nice. And, you know, our baby's growing up. Yeah. And I think that kind yeah. of sets up our two, like, episode parallels for this episode, where you've got kind of nationalizer side of it and then you've got Fitzroy and, and Phelps and there are kind of two two central storylines that are running parallel in this episode mm-hmm. yeah and I have to say like this episode you know is just as much about Fitzroy's growth and it's and it's and it's part of his story I know that yeah. we're we're really taking on the direction of, of Eliza investigating but I, li- I loved it like I love that Fitzroy had this opportunity to be in that you know semi-spotlight and mm-hmm. I have to say, like, his character has had so much growth. Oh, and yes. I, lo- I love to see that. You know, he is so deserving. His character is so deserving of that. Because if you think about it, from season two, mm-hmm. you know, little Fitzroy, who we saw in episode one, season two, he's just grown. He's so walking much. into doors and got his, know. his you know, <laughs> yeah. his, his poet hair and doesn't know you know one end of the gun from the other end and now look at him he's he's running the show yeah yeah you remember when he said in season two like he was always he was a little anxious and worried about like you know william you know going you know mm-hmm. going somewhere and not being his his mentor and his boss i just think um i wonder how he's feeling right now because i know that they can't show everything but i wish that they may have um maybe shown a little bit of a, his um I guess his thinking of how, you know, his mentor's gone. How was he going to cope, right? Because William yeah. was so much of his life, you know, his professional life and personal as well. I think they became really good friends too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think yeah. they probably could have tucked that into episode five, even just like Fitzroy. Because I imagine, obviously, William and Eliza are writing each other letters and William's writing to Ivy. I imagine that he's sending the occasional a letter to Fitzroy as well so it would have been kind of like quite nice maybe to have a little comment in there from from Fitzroy going oh have you heard from Inspector Wellington he's told me x y and z it would be another way for them to have maybe included William a little bit more and maybe encourage Eliza to write to him in episode five yeah you know Fitzroy's sending a letter every week yeah I was gonna say that it's more uh Oliver sending letters (laughs) yeah (laughs) every three days he's sending a letter yeah william's just begrudgingly writing a few lines to him (laughs) keep it short and sweet short sweet and to the point unless it's to eliza in which case you're getting a six-page essay yep (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, oliver well we digress we digress yeah um nash is nash is our fugitive and um you know, he's, I find it quite sweet. Obviously, Fitzroy, when he's kind of telling Eliza, it, it's, it kind of echoed back to when he comes to tell her about William getting shot, but it's obviously a slightly different phrase on that because he says, oh, can I come in? This is really important. And and I love the fact that, you know, he's very, he's very matter of fact and he can talk to her in, in so calmly and it's such a different, kind of way it's still important news that he's giving but it's just a real different way of doing it yeah and he calls her miss scarlet you know he doesn't say eliza it's it's very formal and he you know has his hat in his hands and 
you know, you see the constable behind him and, you know, it's very somber and yeah, it's a different tone, but it's, you know, it's got that same feel of I'm, <laughs> I'm approaching you as a, an equal and here's a very big piece of life changing news. Yeah. Yeah. And he brings her to the crime scene. And I I do laugh at Phelps. I've got to say, for a lot of the time, I know he's a little bit of an ass in this episode. Mm. But I do laugh at some of Phelps's one-liners because they are brilliant. Oh, they're great. They're great. He has some great one-liners in this scene. Oh, I'm so glad that you came here, Miss Scarlet. What would we do without <laughs> you? Yes. Well, you know, Scotland Yard's in a bit of a mess. Yeah, well, I mean... He proves them wrong every single time, mm -hmm. you know, and honestly, I kind of agree with Phelps in this. I mean, not the, you know, they wouldn't know what killed the man, but, you know, Phelps does have an honest concern about involving Eliza. It is her business partner and somebody who she's very close with, you know, she shouldn't be involved in solving the case, but as always, Eliza doesn't listen, right? <laughs> Yes, he does have 10 years experience as a police officer, to be fair to him. Yeah, so, I mean, I agree that she shouldn't be, you know, at the crime scene, but, you know, it wouldn't be our show without Eliza not listening. <laughs> she doesn't have any rules she, in her life. You know, there are no rules. There are no boundaries. No, yeah. the rules don't apply to Eliza. What are you thinking? But I think that's one of the things I like about this episode is that she's just on her own, making her own choices, her own decisions, mm -hmm. and she's just doing it all for herself. And, mm. you know, I think she's lost her way a little bit um, in previous episodes. So I, I just felt like this episode, we, we got our Eliza back, who's she's confident and she's she's going to sort this out, even though she maybe shouldn't. Yeah. 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 She's Got the old sure. Eliza, you know, glint in her eye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clarence, once again, is the star of the office coming in. Yay. With the gossip. I love Clarence. Gossip, but we all do. Clarence is the best. Um, Eliza goes to him and, you know, says, I know you have the details. Give me the details. <laughs> he goes, no, I don't. I can't betray Mr. Nash's confidence. And Eliza goes, no, no, no. I'm your boss as well. You know everything. This is to help Patrick. And oh, Clarence, Paul Baisley's face is just <laughs> precious when he does those Clarence faces. But anyway, so Clarence has all of the details to help Eliza start on her investigation. I just love the fact that it's, I may have paid a cab driver <laughs> and I may have an address. <laughs> just like, of course, he, he's more of a detective than an accountant. Yes, he fits right in with Eliza's he crew. Does. Does. He's so good. But he's got such a good heart and he's so loyal and you can see just how torn he is. But at the same time, he's like, oh, I've, got, I've got to do it. Yeah. It's to help Mr. Nash. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah yeah goes off and of course we kind of flip between 
you know, Eliza's storyline and, and Fitzroy's because you've got Fitzroy getting annoyed at, at Mr. Potts in the next scene. And it's not like Fitzroy to lose his temper. And you can see that he's not quite got his sure footing. And I know a few people have kind of mentioned, they're like, oh, I don't really like Fitzroy very much at the beginning of this episode. And I just see he is trying to emulate Duke in the same way, you know, he's trying to live up to him. You can see that he's trying to assert that Dukeness. And you're like, you, you can't do it, babe, because you just, you're just Fitzy. And I just need you to be mm-hmm. Fitzy. Yeah. But it's so sweet watching him try. Yeah. It doesn't help that Phelps is pushing him and like yeah. digging under skin just a bit. And yeah, uh, Fitzroy doesn't really get mad. But, you know, if you got somebody like pinching you on the side, you're going to like say, knock it off and kind of, you know, turn to the next person mm-hmm. to you and get mad at them, even if it's not their fault. But I, well, at least, yeah. yeah, I like how he stands up. You know, yeah, he's trying to be William, but he's also trying to, you know, be the grown up he wants to be. It doesn't quite work, but I appreciate him trying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we see Fitzroy's edge. Like he he's gotten to the point. He's emotionally. I mean, this is this is a professional challenge that's been presented to him, but he's like emotionally at the edge because it's something that you know he he wants to prove something to his father, right? And he's also dealing with the feelings that, I mean, like Lindsay's saying, he's emulating Duke because he's probably dealing with the feelings of like his mentor isn't here. So what I'm seeing like in this episode, but like also in the season is that this might be the season where we see characters push to their edge. Like mm-hmm. we saw William just completely, I mean, the, the whole system's in disarray and he is really at the edge, right? And um with Fitzroy, you know, we see this little, this, you know, not, I don't want to say dark side, but, you know, there, there's just like this shift, right? Yeah. And then, of mm-hmm. course, you know, we see Nash. <laughs> we'll talk about that, but mm-hmm. he's pushed to the edge as well. So I don't know if that that's some sort of theme, you know, with this season, but I am I got that. And I yeah. think it was really interesting. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that is a theme through the whole season, just how far people can be pushed and what are the consequences of these actions? And yeah. I did feel sorry for Mr. Them? Potts. Yeah. yeah. I felt sorry for yeah. Mr. Potts in that scene because we're not used to him. We're used to him kind of being the one person in charge at the mortuary and he's following all the rules and even he's coming a little bit undone, bless him. Yeah, he seems a bit frazzled yeah. and that's not an adjective that should be associated with Mr. Potts. Yeah. No. And again, he wants that he's he's for whatever reason doesn't seem to kind of I think the way Fitzroy talks to him and when he says, you know, I I don't want your opinion, you're just a clerk, you're like, Ooh, that's a bit close to the bone. Mm-hmm. For yeah, for that Mr. Potts. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I didn't know Mr. Potts was just a clerk. I thought maybe he, I thought maybe there was a higher position, you know. Yeah, I didn't think he was necessarily like the head, you know. More yeah, yeah. so but, he's not like he's not the medical examiner. So he no. that's why they said he doesn't have like a medical background. He's there probably um, conducting reports, right? Like maybe he's like you know writing down the information and he's like processing it. But yeah, it's interesting that 
how come we never we never see like the medical examiner in that yeah. way <laughs> But it's yeah. probably one of those things that when you're around something so long, you pick things up. Mm -hmm, so yeah. probably his opinion does matter. Yeah. So it's surprising to see Fitzroy in that position where he's kind of saying things like that. Yeah. It shows you how how much he yeah is unsettled and doesn't know what to do. And he can't quite find his footing. And so he's just. I wouldn't say lashing out, but yeah, kind of lashing out. Just he can't grab a hold of things and he's, you know, lashing out at people. So, yeah. So Eliza finds herself at Margaret Farrell's place. And I, I sit there and genuinely, I was like, oh my God, we finally got a bad guy that I'm actually genuinely scared of. And you can see Eliza's in that look where he's talking to her and going, hello, darling. And it's like, okay, Eliza, ding, 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 ding. Run mm -hmm. and find the nearest exit. Alarm bells are going off here. I yeah. loved him. I was like, this is a bad guy I want. Yeah, you see it in her face. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, even she registers. She goes, oh, maybe I should leave. You know, Sean with the bad teeth is not a good guy so mm -hmm, let me mm -hmm. uh just let me know you know let margaret know i stopped by and i'll i'll see you later she backs out slowly and this I'm this kind of again of i think a lot of this episode has me kind of reminiscing about other episodes make me want to go back but this mm -hmm. this is just gam from cell 99 the big tall guy who's gonna come yes you know, william's gonna beat him up but, but eliza's telling him to run um i was just like Oh, you are scary. You're sending a chill down my spine. Yeah. Lindsay, was he scarier than the big guy in Cell 99? Yeah. I think <laughs> the big guy in Cell 99 probably just had the fear factor because he doesn't say anything. And yeah. you've got that eerie music <laughs> over the top and you've got William kind of like trying to square up to him in a, not sure I'm going to win this one, but I'm, you know, I'm a proud man. I'm going to stand up to myself and <laughs> whereas this guy I'm like Eliza he's you you one wrong foot your neck's going mm -hmm. no back out and back out quick yeah yeah maybe that was it maybe because she was hit there by herself and maybe if William had been there I wouldn't have been quite so afraid yeah that's true yeah yeah like you were you were feeling like you're in her position and it's like mm. oh she has no you know support no there yeah. yeah nope no backup no backup yeah but, um i loved eliza's visit to the morgue with mr potts yep you know, she was like oh i'm meeting uh detective fitzroy um and he wants to meet me inside and mr potts is like mm, i don't buy it but you know just wait on the doorstep and you guys can come in then you know the next scene you see like Mr. Potts standing there kind of like trying to take a deep breath and then Eliza just sneaks up behind him. She's like she just appears like hi. <laughs> I think that even like startled me. I was like, oh <laughs> that that might be a new you know boundary she crossed. I'm like, oh, you don't sneak up on Barnabas. He has a dodgy heart. I'm like, come on. <laughs> like we all know this. Don't scare the man. Don't I make eyes the widow before they're even married. <laughs> <laughs> Don't 
kill him. <laughs> how? How did she get? Do you think she still has a key? Oh, maybe. Uh, or maybe, true. Oh, maybe the door so was. When did she get the key? When was that? Well, well, she had the key in season two, episode three. She said she had a copy. Right. I'm assuming copy. that either William <laughs> would have made her give it back or Barnabas would have had the common sense to change the locks. But doesn't she... Actually, I think she still manages to walk in in season three, episode one, because her and Moses go examining. So she's obviously got some way of getting into the into the mortuary still. Details, Lindsay. Small details, <laughs> Sorry, I like the small details. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I find this really interesting that Eliza goes down that route to get in of, well, you know, when you're going to marry Ivy, you're almost going to be like a stepfather to me. I and know. he's just not buying it. And I'm just like, oh, Eliza, you're not learning. And then, of course, the next scene, she's like, okay, I'm going to come clean with you here. And I feel like you've learned, or she's learned, should I say, Actually, if I'm nice to you and I praise your skills and kind of big up to you mm. how good you are and it's you and you're the only person, I'm going to get what I want. And I do feel like she's kind of learnt that from Nash. Yeah. When he pushes her to kind of be nice to Phelps, even though she doesn't want to be. It's like, actually, if you're nice, yeah. you might get the right your right answer. And, and he does. And he takes it really well in a way I never thought Mr. Potts would take that. <laughs> Yeah, when she first starts, I was like, oh, we're going to go down the manipulative path. You know, don't don't start with, oh, you'll almost be like my father. I'm like, no, Eliza, we've done this. And then, but like you said, you know, she goes, I'm not going to get my way. You know, you know, Mr. Potts is calling me out. He doesn't buy this. You know, how else am I going to succeed? Oh, let's try Nash's way of like, you know, buttering them up, praising them, you know, trying to get on their good side and it works. And, you know, Mr. Mr. Potts kind of like, not necessarily smiles, but he gets that like little please look on his face he always gets. And mm -hmm. it's really darling. And I love Mr. Potts and I love Simon Letters and the way he plays Mr. Potts. And, you know, he's like, you just have one question and like, he doesn't believe her. And Eliza honestly just has the one question and so I give her props for that and not pushing you know oh well I have another question so I I appreciate her being honest with the I just have one question and so I, I appreciate her trying a new tech I mean it's still the line and I'm not the line but the manipulative but it's it's a different sort of way it's not as you know you know, not, not as yeah. nasty, but it's, it's better. So, and she's, like I said, she's honest with the, I just have one question and then I'll be out of your hair and I'll be gone. And she sticks to that and she gets her answer and she's gone. And so I appreciate, like you said, she's learned from Nash and she's learning to do things a different way. And it's, it's a better tactic than just, you know, the, Oh, you'll be my dad almost. And then, and then, and then, and so, okay let's we're moving we're moving on and there's growth and you know good good eliza <laughs> and so it was it was a really it was a really fun scene with pots in the mortuary yeah made me laugh yeah but but then we kind of flip it back on its head because 
when she sees Fitzroy outside her home, she obviously already knows that Nash is inside. And when I was watching this for the first time and I didn't know Nash was inside, you could not have told me that she knew Nash was inside. No. Because, you know, she she treats yeah. it, yep, I'll tell you when, um, you know, if I see him and I'll do this, that and the other. And when she goes, she walks in and Nash is inside, I was like, oh, you have just played poor Fitzroy, who is looking knackered, who needs sleep who's, you know, clearly feeling a little bit like William was. And, um, you know, I felt really sorry for him when she said, you know, you should go home and rest. I can't rest. I need to make some progress. You're just like, poor Fitzy. And you're just going to walk straight in and there's Nash in your living room. Yep. She's not even surprised. She's like, yep, I I knew he was there. I got you know, I knew you'd be here. Yep. Okay, so I have a question. One of our friends from Twitter... One of our friends from Twitter had a really good question. Okay, Samantha was mentioning, um, she was curious about if it had been William instead of Fitzroy, do you believe Eliza would have still lied to William about Nash being inside? See, now, I hope, if I was writing this show Mm -hmm. and William was still in the episode, I would have hoped that we could have had a really good symmetry between how she treated him in episode one, where she lies and she manipulates and she ends up saying sorry to him at the end, that perhaps you could have seen her actually go to him and open up and go, I've got a problem. Nash is in trouble. I don't think he did it. I need your help. Can you help me? And I think you could have had some a lovely... I would hope that you would have a lovely kind of symmetry of him actually being trustworthy to her and she's not using him and she's not manipulating him and she's actually treating him better and you could see the growth and the difference between how she treats him in the first and the last episode if that makes sense so I would have hoped that Eliza would have told him and she would have kind of got his help but knowing Eliza, probably not. <laughs> probably not. We all hope. Yeah. That's a hard one to answer. Yeah, because you yeah, can... it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can go, you can make cases for. Yeah, we hope she learns her her learned her lesson that she shouldn't lie to William. But you know, we've seen all these instances where we go, oh, she's learned her lesson. And then the next episode, she hasn't learned her lesson. So I, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard, hard question to answer. I mean, well, I feel like she could have used yeah. his help in, in all of this. The question would have been, would William have complied with it? And that's, and I, yeah. I would have like loved if, if it did in some way work out, because if you remember in season two, right? Popper's grave, I think it was uh, episode three. So it's sort sort of like a similar situation where she was being, you know, she was being accused, right? And so he he's talking to Fitzroy, and Fitzroy is, you see that there's a moment where he's like deciding, it's a it's an internal dilemma, and he's like, mm-hmm. so do I not follow protocol? And then my mentor is saying that um, Eliza is, you know, she she's innocent, so. It's like he was presented with that problem. So with like in this case, if it had been William, just curious, I was just thinking, would William have taken that to heart and, and thought, yeah, 
would Nash really kill someone? And do I team up with her? Because I do believe her, you know, I think it just would have been uh, interesting, you know, and I thought it was an interesting question. So it is. I mean, I think, I think he may have come at it as a, in, and Eliza may have phrased it in a, this is my job on the line. And he knows how important that job is to her. And we know he does because that's probably part of the reason why he goes to New York because he knows how important that job is to her. Um, and so I do think he would have tried within the realms of the law to to help her. That's a good point because in the description, if you remember, I think it said something like um, she has to get to him before the police do because then she'll risk and lose everything, right? So yeah. I think that would have, yeah, it, it actually would have been really in line with what you're saying. She would have presented to William and, and said, my job is on the line. Like this is, you know, this is a huge matter. So yeah, yeah. no, I love how that sort of uh, intersects. It's so. a great question. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Great. Very, very provoking question. Yeah. And like you said, it's, you have to answer first, would William help her? You know, mm-hmm. he might believe eliza but would he believe nash didn't do it you know he might go okay eliza thinks nash doesn't do it didn't do it but did nash really not do you know not do it yeah i mean i think he's worked with nash although we haven't really seen it on screen i don't think william and nash have had any scenes other than season three episode six um so i don't think they don't know each other so I think he knows Nash enough that he probably would be able to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But it would probably be within the realms of the law that he would stick to. So if he, he liked went... Nash enough to help. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The question. Yeah. How well does he like <laughs> Nash? He'd do it for Eliza, baby, begrudgingly. He wouldn't do it for Nash. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But I love that. I, I I laugh at the fact that Nash, when he is talking to Eliza in the drawing room, and is kind of like, "I'm asking you to stay out of it," and I'm like, "You do realize you're talking to a brick wall there, mate. She's exactly. never gonna listen. Everybody knows this. We're all sitting there going, Eliza is not going to go. Oh, of course, I'll let it go now. You just you do what you do. You I'll um you know, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. And and there was a a bit in this uh, this scene that. It made me kind of question, Nash, when Eliza walks in, he kind of goes, your maid let me in. Can she be trusted? And it made me kind of question, what is the relationship that Eliza and Nash have? Because A, if they've been spending all this time together in these months between, you know, obviously when Nash came back from France to now, I kind of go, surely he should know that, her maid is called Ivy and I don't I'm surprised that he goes your maid let me in instead of going oh Ivy let me in and I would have expected him to know how trustworthy and that he doesn't even need to ask is is Ivy trustworthy like this is this is practically Eliza's second mother so uh, Ivy would go to the ends of the earth for for Eliza and we saw that in season two um so I was really surprised by that because I was kind of like, oh, so maybe this relationship is very much a working relationship and, and Eliza hasn't shared as much as we think. I was very confused because I kind of got the impression that 
um, Eliza and Nash had started to become really good friends. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm confused. I'm not sure how what, what this relationship is now. It's a good, again, is that me really, overthinking? Yeah. That's a really good question. I love that you brought that up because it sounds very distant when he says it, like you're me. Mm. Like if, if, if anything, he would have said Miss Woods or something, right? Like he didn't say that. So it does make you question what is their, you know, friendship? I mean, what kind of friendship is this? And then now it sounds like it's really more of just a working relationship, um, which I'm happy about. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Right. But um, no, but I think I, I love that attention to detail where, where you're, you're thinking, so have we been on this direction of, we thought they were close, but they're not? Yeah, I guess I'm, ju I'm just very, I'm confused as to what sort, because I, I think I've always kind of thought, oh, well, you know, their relationship, their friendship has grown over the course of the episodes that we've seen Nash in and from season two when we met him to now. And and I, I kind of assumed, oh, well, you're friends and you're you're good friends and things and, and, and good friends know people in your the names of people in your life. Well, he's definitely not being invited over for charades. <laughs> <laughs> and Ivy is clearly not feeding him the way she did Moses. No. So <laughs> Ivy knows. Ivy knows she's she's very loyal. Mm -hmm. So she knows. It's, it's only William that she'll be <laughs> So does that mean that Nash doesn't know Ivy helped with the earlier cases? I assume so. Oh, yeah. He definitely doesn't know. He would have been really mad. <laughs> he would have thought, really? Like, you, you have to go to that extent? Yeah, he doesn't know a lot of things. And I think, you know, on this this whole train here, you know, he does ask a lot of questions, right? You know, we'll probably touch upon that a little later about, you know, he's talking about, he's asking about the inspector, right? In episode five, I think he, he tries to ask, but she just doesn't open up. And I'm just saying, I mean, that could be on the, the same train as what Lindsay was saying. Like she doesn't talk about Ivy. Yeah. I think that's more on Eliza's end. She's not giving out the information yeah. as opposed to Nash is not asking. You know, he may have asked, he may have said, you know, like, who are your friends? You know, what kind of like home life do you have? Do you party on the weekends? You know, <laughs> but, I mean, clearly Eliza's not inviting him over for dinner. Exactly. I suppose so, that's a good yeah, thing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe she's just keeping that line between boss and employee. It's good. very telling. Yeah, it's very telling. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. But yeah. And and then, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I, Nash is very, it's a very different side to Nash that we see in this scene, because we've mm. heard him kind of get a bit, you know, angry with Eliza, we've heard him kind of being a bit friendly and trying to get stuff out of him, and I was just, I was quite like, oh, okay, okay, but I love the fact that Eliza doesn't back down, and she's not going to back down, and she's trying to tell him all these things that she's found out. Yeah, she because she's Eliza. Yeah, he's very stern about his warning. You know, no, leave this alone. Don't don't follow this. Concentrate on the business. Don't do this. And she's very Eliza, and then she's like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm gonna let it go. She doesn't let anything. Yeah, she doesn't let. She's anything. relentless. He's relentless, especially when it involves her business partner, her 
quote unquote friend now that we've talked we've broken down their friendship their her quote unquote friend you know she's not gonna she's not gonna let it go she wants to vindicate him you know get this murder charge dropped or whatever so she's not gonna let it go so good try nash but it's not gonna work yeah i would say that i appreciate though that um he knows how far he's going to go and this is yeah. this is the interesting thing about him okay at this point he has just he's lost it i mean he is he's really planning this this out okay so he knows how far he's going to go and i do appreciate that we're seeing we're, we are seeing a death to him but we also are seeing him wanting truly wanting her not to be part of this because he knows how far it's going to go and and i and i i just wanted to shed light on that like he is understanding that it's a complicated issue here so yeah. he you know he does want to look out for her in some way you know he doesn't want her mixed up in it no, this is his own um this is home problem i mean this is this is a big one so yeah and of course, Eliza doesn't listen. And what, again, shows some real growth is that she goes to Phelps and she goes to Fitzroy and she gives them everything. She lays it all out to them. And for me, again, watching Phelps, I was like, wow, he is, he's actually pretty good. Like, we, I don't think we've ever really seen him tackle a case in, in this way. No. And, you know, he's making comments and he's leading in a way that poor Fitzroy is probably peeing him off royally. But, <laughs> you know, it, it was kind of like I, I, I literally wrote down going, Phelps is actually a really good detective. You know, mm. he hasn't been given the best of times. And but actually, I think he's he's pretty decent. And I do love how he kind of steps up. And I love that he... Fitzroy, bless him, obviously does try and he yells at him and he's kind of a bit of a, okay, all right, that's how it is, is it? And then he walks off and, and you know, I love that Fitzroy apologises to Eliza and Eliza's probably seen a lot worse. Yeah. Um, but again, she's just got that really sweet little bit of advice of don't be, don't be William because that's not who you are, be you. Yeah, and that's the best advice that she can probably give him because he does sort of change. And I think it's nice that you see in the next scene where he kind of backs down and he kind of looks towards Phelps to, to offer some help because he kind of, you see he's so far out of his depth with those sailors trying to get them to give mm -hmm. him some information. Yeah, But I just loved Phelps the way he stepped up and the way you got that tiny little bit of information and it's the way Rachel loves to kind of drip feed little bits of information and you're like my dad was a sailor probably get away from my mum but um and he just kind of gives you this story and Tim Chippin who plays him just does it fantastically and I just sit there and I'm like wow this is this is something else and yeah I loved that whole monologue that he gets to do about himself and and it it just shows a totally different side to Phelps I think which is probably one that we needed to see yeah we learn a lot about Phelps in this season and like you said we see a different side of Phelps mm -hmm. I think now that William's gone we see the copper 
the skipper that Phelps can be. Mm -hmm. You can see him kind of not necessarily blossom, but like become this bigger, you know, be a bigger role. You know, he's not just like the thug, the muscle that can, you know, punch somebody or, you know, shove somebody around to get an answer. He can, you know, be this detective inspector and get the answers and kind of, you know, maybe loudly get the answer, but, you know, do what needs to be done mm -hmm. in a way that Fitzroy can't, that William could, you know, maybe not as gracefully as William could, but in his own way that Phelps can, that will, that Fitzroy can't. And mm -hmm. it's nice to see, you know, Phelps being this bigger, you know, role. It's nice. Yeah. With the, I think it's yeah, a real contrast to season three, mm. where we had episode four that kind of gives you these bits of information. And at the time, it was kind of like, I'm not sure I'm that bothered. I don't necessarily feel like I needed to to see him opening up a, a boxing gym for kids yeah. on the street. I was, I think, I at the time was a bit like, okay, I'm not really sure mm. where you're going with this, but this him stepping up as a detective and, and he really clearly wants to do William's job. And I just think that's where he, that's where he's got had his moment to shine and it's really lovely. Yeah. That season three, you know, um, scene where he opens up the gym means a lot more now than it did in season three, because like you said, like, Oh, I don't really care. You know, it's Phelps. I don't, I don't care about Phelps. Now that we see Phelps with the one-liners opening up kind of with Fitzroy kind of being like the duo with Fitzy, mm -hmm. it's it's a lot, you know, it, it tells a lot more. It's more meaningful. It, yeah, it's just, it hits more than yeah. it did in season three. I was like, oh, okay, you know, Phelps is actually a real person. <laughs> <laughs> Just this muscle got shuts somebody shouts at somebody. So yeah. I yeah. don't mind Phelps. <laughs> Not a fan of Phelps. That's a compliment, apparently. Yeah. And she says, I don't mind. I don't mind <laughs> That's that's big. It is big. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I do agree. Uh Phelps and Fitzy this season and in this episode, they they are kind of the, the duo that we didn't know. And even when Phelps is kind of snapping at Fitzroy because he clearly wants the job and he clearly feels like, you know, Fitzroy is only getting it because of his dad. I still think that there is a good partnership between them. Yeah, he kind of... With the snapping and the where Fitzroy after Fitzroy gets told by Eliza, like you don't need to be William, find your own groove, find your own way to lead. You know, Fitzroy is kind of like, I still want to be your friend, but I also need to be a leader. And Phelps snaps back, you can't be both. Are both. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it's kind of snappy and like grouchy, but he's also teaching at the same time which I think is a good sign of a leader. I mean, maybe not necessarily the grouchy and the snappy, but he's teaching Phelps like, or Fitzroy, you can't, you can't be somebody's, you know, boss and be their buddy at the same time. Yeah. Yes. William and you have a different romance. kind of relationship. Yeah, romance, 
but that is unusual to the extreme. You can't have that, you know, you can't have a bromance with everybody, Fitzy. You and Phelps aren't going to braid each other's hair after. <laughs> you know. I think they do, William and Fitzroy. <laughs> they paint each other's toenails after a good case and they eat each Oh my I goodness. I knew that's what happened. You knew it. Um, but he's he teaches them even in that kind of like snappish one moment like before they barge through the door mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. a teacher and a leader and that's what needs to be instead of Fitzroy who is learning but he's not quite there so yeah. I think that's that's the important moment in that case so yeah yeah and then of course Eliza again it makes me laugh she's a detective she clearly has not investigated her office very well no uh, because she didn't know that there was you know files hidden behind the picture and she clearly didn't know that there was a safe <laughs> in the floorboards underneath the rug um uh, Claire. Like, Eliza you needed to you need to do a bit of a better job in that office yeah um and Clarence, again, I, I love yeah. Clarence. Clarence and I love coming his through with the key, the key info. Like, um, what was in there was X, Y, and Z. And yeah. if, you know, Nash- this is this is Nash going to he's escaping the country. Yeah, which surprises me. I'm honest. If I'm honest, it surprises me that he he's clearly planned this for a very long time. If he's had money and passports stashed. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing about Nash, okay, because he, this guy is a really secretive man. I mean, look, you just pointed out, she didn't know there were files, you know, in a wall, and then and whatever that thing is, and then in the floorboard, that there were, he's had this planned. So it makes me wonder, why is he so secretive? Like, like what, he's so mysterious. And it makes me think, does he have a darker past? that we don't know about that he's mm-hmm. so protective about you know yeah he's plotted this for a very long time if he's kept Aiden and um Margaret on the books you know mm-hmm. this has been this has been a, a a plan in in 8 years in the making which again it what surprises me that he he has that level of of vengeance i suppose yeah what does eight years of the of that vengeance and that 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 you know feeling do to a man and i think that's what brings him to the edge he's been waiting for this moment but i still think that there's a darker past because of so like his behavioral pattern is so like he's so secretive and he does it so well but yet he presents himself as a really like lighthearted character at times and i and i do i do find that intriguing but he is very secretive yeah that's why i think it came out of left field for a lot of us because there was no hint other than that like one line in season three but even that was like oh just my brother was killed there was no like i have i'm i'm seeking vengeance for his murder you know it was there's no there's no there's none of that darkness to him like you said he's a very light-hearted character he's jovial he dresses like bright colors he's very fashionable there's no sense of i'm hiding this darkness and i want to seek you know my brother's murderer and i want to see justice for him 
There was none of that. So that's why I think it was a shock that, oh, Nash is the murderer, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. went back. I actually watched um, that scene, you know, in, in season three last night. And I was really interested because I wanted to see if it really did line up, you know? And so it did, you know, he mentions um, a man who's good with a knife, a fisherman. So, you know, we're, we're getting to that point where everything's sort of um, clarifying in terms of this um, Sean and Driscoll. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that scene in episode three was set up for like for fans or the viewers to think, um, or even question like, is he telling the truth? Mm -hmm. and he lies so much so now we're here and we're in episode season four and it turns out that you know he does he did have a you know, brother named michael and this is this is his his plot to seek vengeance so you know it's interesting yeah i mean i did wonder in the sense of um what would he, nash went to paris what would have happened if that um note had have come while he was in Paris Eliza would have got that note and gone he's back and what would have happened if she'd have gone and investigated oh that's oh. true yeah so he's he's had this secret plan but I'm I'm not sure how well he kind of thought what would happen if he actually kind of caught up with him and obviously he does and, and Eliza finds him at the factory and I love the fact that it does kind of link back where he says, oh, this is a great place to hide. And, you know, she said, you said it was a great place to hide. And he was like, yeah, maybe it wasn't because you picked it up very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I do wonder, I know we've all, we kind of have, have just been discussing this about Nash and, and things, but there's part of me that goes, if he really felt like he could actually go through it in the moment when Eliza got there, Sean wouldn't be alive. He would have done it. He wouldn't have brought him Sorry. to the pigment factory and, and, he would have been dead strung already. Him up. Yeah, he'd be dead already. So there's part of me that thinks he was questioning whether he could go through with it. He's had this idea of vengeance in his head, but never really thought about what would happen if he actually got to that point. And it does make me question, I don't know whether he could have gone through with it. Mm -hmm. um, so even if Eliza hadn't got there, would he have actually been able to do it? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know how he would have got himself out of it, though. Um, but it's it's interesting, again, the lengths that Eliza will go to for people that she cares about because she steps in front of his gun. You know, she's not going to let him kill somebody in cold blood. I love the point that she makes that he he would be no better and he is a better man than than this guy. And he should think himself a better man than this guy. Um, yeah, but that tactic doesn't work. He goes, no, no, no. And she goes, well, then do it for me. And so she goes back to her manipulative ways like she does with William. Like she was trying to do with Mr. Potts in the beginning. You know, she said, do it for me. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for me. I mean, there is a bit of her own self-preservation because I think she knows her dreams of, of Nash and Son and she's on the cusp of success. And that's all gone in a in a blink of an eye if he does something. And and it is interesting. When I first watched it, she calls him her business partner. 
And I had real issues with the fact that she says, you are the only person who's ever shown any faith in me. And there's a part of me that got really kind of like, seriously, have the writers written this to annoy us? (laughs) Not because of William, Uh but I sit there and I go, hello, Rupert Parker gave you the money to start your business without so much as a blink of the eye. He probably didn't even want the money back because it's never been discussed. He's kind of just gone, yeah, there's the money, there you go. That's a show of faith, whether you accept it or not. He he may have not necessarily found, taken it as seriously as maybe Nash does, but it's still a show of faith. Moses never once questioned her ability. He was always at her side. He may not have been, you say jump, I say how high, and he may have had his own life, but he would he never wavered in one minute about how good she was as a detective. And and Ivy, again, yeah, she may have quite liked Eliza to go settle down and, and get married and not follow this path, but I still think Ivy, to the best of her ability, will always support Eliza and 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 I kind of was like oh, oh and then of course you always when you think of any question conversations that she's had with William and you see William's kind of trying to dig for a little bit of something from her she's always well you're one of the bravest men I know you're one of the men I respect the most I wonder why the writers decided to not have you're one of the few who have supported me why is it they've chosen you're the only one who supported me We'll be honest. Okay. So this, this scene was really, really interesting. I had to replay this like 15 times. <laughs> so <laughs> because, um, okay. Well, I do, I do. I know that, yes, he has been there in some ways. He offered her an opportunity. It was a mm-hmm. professional opportunity that meant a lot. Okay. In this moment, when you watch the, her facial expression, right. And you're, and you're looking just at the body language, this is a moment in which someone, Eliza, is really concerned. This is a huge. This is a huge um, issue here that that she, her, you know, her, Nash is about to pull the trigger. So she's essentially using a, like a de-escalating tactic of, okay, what what do you do when someone is like literally off the edge and they're ready to pull the trigger? What you do is you actually you you have to you have to communicate in a way where you're trying to ground them to a point where they're they're focused on you and it's sort of a distracting um situation of or it's a tactic to distract them of like you can't pull that trigger you're going to destroy your life focus on me and so i think she knows that she's a smart lady so did you get that that feeling i definitely felt like she was she was trying to kind of control the situation as as only Eliza yeah. can in this in the similar sort of way when you think of season one episode six when Frank is holding those two guns on her and William and she's trying to kind of like give me your attention give me your attention because then at least if you, if I've got your attention then I'm in control of this situation um and I definitely kind of felt I wasn't sure whether we were supposed to feel like there's more to their relationship I think that was my kind of like, I can't quite, again, I can't quite grasp what this relationship between Eliza and Nash is supposed to be um, and what what she's trying to kind of use. Because she's obviously using their friendship and using 
you know their relationship and and again she's calling him her business partner and, and everything and I think you know there is that element of self-preservation where she's handed him her dream and in the blink of an eye it's all gonna go she's going to end up with nothing as as the title says you know the episode description says you know she's gonna lose it all if he pulls that trigger so there is an element of her self-preservation I've got to stop him by any means possible and then I also think it's really interesting that Nash's next line is kind of you always know the right thing to say and it's annoying and again it kind of showed me it's that flip side of she doesn't always know the right thing to say because we've all sat here and discussed William telling her he loves her and she can't say anything and she doesn't say anything and why doesn't she say anything and why doesn't she stop him and why you know she she just does nothing she says nothing to William to stop him from going to New York or anything and it's for me that again it was another really interesting line that just kind of made me go I wonder what this relationship really is meant to be because actually you don't do you know Eliza as well as you think you do or is she just really good at having her armor on well again like I mentioned I really I, I feel like that there is some truth in that in, in her statement of like you know she she is saying that like he is someone who stood out to her mm. in her life I don't think it's a hundred percent um I don't want to say genuine but I, I think she she knows in that moment that she needs to help him come back to reality like he is irrational to this point. He is driven by grief. And like, I, you know, there's no good reason to kill someone. There, there's never a justifiable reason. But he's at that point where he probably will. How does she know he's not? So yes, and you're in, going on in terms of what you're saying, there's there's different, there's different parts of it. Self-preservation, it's trying to de-escalate a situation. And, you know, she just doesn't want to see him destroy his life. Yeah. So that's why I didn't really buy it I just wanted to say I mean like I don't feel like it was a completely genuine comment but it is something you say to talk someone off the ledge yeah yeah Yeah. good way to put it good way to put it yeah and of course he does end up shooting him which again I was again quite surprised at I'm still not sure if he hadn't have shot him what Eliza's plan was going to be because how are you getting this rather large scary man to Scotland Yard not quite sure um, but I'm sure she would have thought of something but of course our next scene is really interestingly because I don't think we've ever seen Eliza like this sitting like she seems really that's not our confident Eliza sitting there talking to Fitzroy and talking to Phelps and again it's a whole different side of Phelps that we see yeah that he is very calm he's very quiet kind that you've got yeah he's very understanding and the fact you've got Fitzroy kind of going we'll vouch for your good character won't we detective Phelps and he's like yeah and in complete opposite we've never seen Phelps in that have that kind of thought towards Eliza and it's really it really endeared me to him a little bit more exactly yeah I really I really yeah. like the scene between Phelps Fitzroy and Eliza you have like you said you have Eliza kind of very vulnerable very I don't want to say dejected but you can tell she knows how precarious her her situation is how precarious Nash's situation is Mm -hmm. 
And so she's, it's very fragile, the whole yeah. thing. And they're being very gentle, very kind, very, they're talking very softly to her as you would with any victim, you know, mm-hmm. because her life was in danger. Patrick saved her life by shooting, you know, O'Driscoll, you know, he didn't kill him, but Nash is being charged with kidnapping and all these other things because while he did save Eliza, he was in the wrong to do all those things. Mm. You know, I did sit there and I found it quite interesting when Fitzroy is going, you know, Driscoll's going to live. And I sit there and I think he's not going to live for very long. I think he probably would have preferred to die because he's probably going straight to the hangman's noose at that, that rate. When they say, oh yeah, he's a known killer and everything. I was kind of in, it's like a double-edged sword. And I was like, yeah. oh, you're alive, mate, but you ain't going to be alive for very long. Yeah, but that's a good reason. reason. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the reason? The, the writers could have had him die, but is it because it would have been a, well, Nash would have. What Nash would have hung probably if he killed him, yeah. 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 Even if it was self-defense, because I doubt in Victorian times they had such a thing as (laughs) self-defense. Yeah. Would it be considered manslaughter? Yeah, I'm curious about that. The legality of that. I'm gonna have to research that. (laughs) They they do bring up self-defense, but I don't know if like O'Driscoll would have died if it would have been self-defense. So I I don't I don't know. I don't know. I think the Victorians were very black and white. I don't know at what stage they had deporting to Australia or anything. Maybe Maybe he would have gone to Australia. (laughs) Maybe he would have gone to Australia. I really like, yeah, like, like Lindsay said, it's a really nice and different side of Phelps. Mm. You know, Phelps could have been like the shouty, you know, mean, gloating. But, you know, he says, yes, we will vouch for your character. We will stand up for you in court you know it and i was like i appreciate mm-hmm. phelps more again this episode so yeah was really- i have a question for you ladies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you want to see the trial in season five if we get one mm, I'm is, not that this interest- is it interesting enough okay because i was i was wondering i would say do if we, we had more than six episodes maybe but since we only get six uh. Or, you know, I think uh, it just would mean Nash has to come back. I think okay it's mainly whether he, back, but I think it's my for me, it's kind of obviously when they're in there, the, she goes to see him in the prison cell and he's kind of joking, going, Oh, you know, I know a few judges and a good lawyer and everything. And I think if there was a point to it, like, Oh, look, Nash has got off, you know, and time served or whatever. Um, then, then it could be interesting, but I think it, it it would have to serve a point of a story. Yeah, yeah. I am very conflicted with Nash at this point. Mm-hmm. I I was okay with Nash at the beginning of the season and even at the beginning of the episode, but it, it's very selfish of Nash to ruin Eliza's dream at this point. You know, because he knew what a yeah. big deal this was. And if he was planning this all along, you know, he could have planned better to not get caught or (laughs) he was going to get caught to have the business transferred over in Eliza's name. Yes, he could have, he, Patrick Nash, would have lost his license, 
but the biz I don't know Victorian times, but the business could have maybe transferred over to Eliza's name or it could have somehow continued where Eliza could have kept the business going. He should have been able to plan to at least have that continue. So Eliza's dream didn't have to be killed. And so it's very selfish. It would have been different if it was a very spontaneous murder or like he all of a sudden met Driscoll, oh, sorry, O Driscoll on the street and like they had a tussle, you know, or whatever. But he's been planning. He had somebody, you know, he had Murray following him, you know, so this was all planned. If he had a plan better for Eliza, if they were such good friends and good business partners, why didn't he plan for this contingency? You know, he's a good businessman. Why? Because this wasn't about her. This was about him. So if you bring up a really good point, he was blinded by grief. Like, that's what's really interesting is that this episode, we see him to, like, reach a, a much different level. Like, he, he, he really reaches the edge. And in that moment, when he gets that letter, he's not thinking about Eliza. Like, he's not thinking about anyone but his dead brother. And so he's really driven to the point. And you're right. He probably could have... You probably could have planned better, but there's really no, you know, good plan to like murder someone. But um <laughs> there are <I> mean, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. But okay, so I have to say I did something I was really surprised about. I did a deep dive on Patrick Nash and okay. I psychoanalyzed that man so much. I I it was really interesting. I think I wanted to understand him a lot more. Okay. And this episode did give a lot of clarity but also not um and so what i got from this was he's not only a he's a secretive man i think he's probably one of the biggest mysteries of the show but when we're in so we're in the jail cell right and then he says that line of you know i want you to think that i'm a good person um you really have to like pause and look at his facial expressions like I felt like this was just a scene that needs to be really looked at and analyzed really, really deeply. This man is a very complicated man, but I think he's always, he, he, he's sought out, um, I think, a lot from Eliza that it's it's to the point where I think he, he wants to be looked at as a good man, but deep down, he's a, he, there's a lot of complicated stuff. And he's held that grief for a really long time. And so he's just really, I think, gotten to a point where it's, um, he's lost it. And, and I think she's in that jail cell thinking she's disappointed about a lot of things. And she's disappointed about how things ended up and about her perception of him. I think her original viewpoint of him in season two ended up partially coming true and I think that's what she's disappointed about so again there's just a lot to unpack about Patrick yeah. and, and she can probably understand <laughs> it to the point of how she felt with Frank when she found out that he was you know who finding her father's killer she obviously didn't wait eight years to find it 
but she can probably understand his point. Um, you know, she mm-hmm. she she got to find her father's killer, and she probably got to see Frank Kang for her father's murder. And you know, she probably knows. And I think you know, you think of the scene at the end of season one where she's chatting to her father's ghost and kind of going, "But it doesn't bring you back." You know, I found your killer. I, I, you know, did the right thing, but it doesn't bring you back. And so I think in that jail scene, again, there's a bit of sadness that her dream, she handed her dream over to somebody else and she put her dream in his hands. And, you know, that's Eliza trusting somebody else for once and it didn't, hasn't really mm-hmm. gone well. But also her, her acknowledging you, you, you can't, Perhaps if he'd have been able to open up about that, she probably could have told him it's not worth it. Doesn't bring him back. Yeah. So it does bring everything very full circle. It's a very, I think this is why I quite enjoy this episode in a way, because it's a lot deeper than it seems on the surface. Yeah. And I think like with Nash, we don't get a lot of information about him. We've talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, um, we actually don't know a lot about his personal life other than what he's told Eliza. And mm-hmm. we don't see him in his daily life, like, you know, going going around London. We don't see him in any other lens than when Eliza sees him, right? You know, we know he goes to Paris, but we've never really seen him in the Paris branch or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that was probably an, the writer's intention to really, continue his character as like one of a very mysterious character mm-hmm. um and and when we don't the fact that we don't know a lot about him in other aspects of his life I think it makes us yes want to we're, we're intrigued of course but it comes to this this point of, of this of the episode of he was driven to that point of potentially killing a man and so you know the idea that he he's got a lot of layers he's got a lot of layers um but what I'm thinking, okay, so when she's in the jail cell, okay, and she's looking at him and she's got that look of, I see disappointment. I see sort of like, she's sorry and she she feels terrible for him. But does she think about the fact that like this person who was pretty important person in her life, he was her business partner, he gave her an opportunity. He, he almost like pulled the trigger. And when you, t- Lindsay, when you talk about like, she knows what grief is, she knows she's faced a man in ep- in season one. Mm-hmm. She knew Frank killed her father. Like she was in the same room with the man that killed her father. And not only that, but like in season one, William faced, like they were in that room and he knew Frank killed um, the only father figure he's ever had. They, you know, it, it separates characters because they did not take that opportunity to kill Frank. I mean, at that moment, but they they weren't driven to that point of grief, but Nash was, you know, so just, it's really, it's just really complicated. Yeah. You know? That's, and it, it is, it's a very, it's, I think it's written in a way that it does make you think. So the question is, is he going to come back in season five? That's a very good if question. <laughs> I feel like the door's sort of been left open in the sense of the jokey, oh, you know, I know good lawyers and good judges and things like that. Um, So I kind of feel like it's possible. I don't think Eliza would trust him. 
I think it would I think that trust is is slightly broken in the sense um so yeah I'm not sure it would definitely not be the same kind of jokey jovial um relationship that that we've kind of seen in this season I think Eliza's guard would be very well and truly up um but who knows maybe she feels sorry for him because you know she's as we say she's been there she probably understands why he did what he did but yeah I'm not sure you can kind of redeem yourself after this one Patrick Nash I'm sorry yeah. so but maybe it's, it's hard you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's hard. yeah I mean and it's 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 weird because it's a quite a sad ending all round I mean the 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 upbeatness of it is that when we see Fitzroy talking to his dad and he turns down the opportunity it's such a growth and again, we mentioned this earlier about Fitzroy's growth and how far he's come. And it's amazing that it almost is kind of like, I don't need your approval. I, I'm happy mm. with my life and I'm happy with where I am. And it's a lovely moment. And I'm really glad that, you know, we get we got to see some of these moments and that we wouldn't, I think in other shows, you wouldn't usually get these kind of moments with secondary characters so it's really nice that they've had this opportunity. Yeah, he tells With- his dad that Phelps is the right choice, and mm-hmm. when his dad goes, "But I don't, I'm not, I don't accept that," and he goes, "Well, that's your problem." Mm. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> fine with it, yeah. and that's an amazing, amazing step of growth for a character mm-hmm. who is so, like, heavily dependent on a parent's respect and admiration i'm like yeah go fitzy go i'm like look how you've grown even just in this season the growth he's had you know and congratulations phelps yeah i've got to admit it hurt a little bit seeing him sitting in uh, william's chair yeah oh i know you know what it's temporary temporary i i i want to see the not the fallout but i want to see like Phil, or William go get out of my chair yeah, <laughs> get out of my office got all away <laughs> yeah the only people I want to see in that chair is William or Eliza <laughs> you know but I do appreciate you know Phelps going say like you know calling Fitzroy back and saying thank you and I'm like even Phelps good growth man good growth and I'm like mm-hmm. all right guys I'm like our guys are doing good this season so they are yeah and and and, and then of course I'm, I'm a bit confused by the ending of the, of the season yeah. I have to say um because obviously we see Eliza kind of in the drawing room drinking by herself and She's remembering William's words about how she's a good detective and she always finds a way to make things work. And I haven't quite figured out what that point was, whether she's encouraged by his words, whether she misses being able to talk to him. I'm not quite sure what what that scene was there for to then prompt the next scene where we see that Eliza is having all her stuff brought up to Henry's old office her old office uh, by Clarence and by um, Barnabas 
Barnabas trying not to put his back out uh, and Ivy joking with him which is just hilarious I love oh, the fact so that she cute. just gives him a little tickle why did um, you keep his back in good order yeah yeah it, you know it's it's lovely to kind of see the Henry's office again and I think what's interesting is as fans when we realize that Eliza was probably going to accept Nash's offer back in season three I think we all hoped that she would somehow end up back here. Mm -hmm. And so then when she goes downstairs and she does, we see that, you know, she's looking up at her sign, her name on the outside of the building. I, I think we're all silently going, yes, Eliza. Yes. I don't know why she looks so sad. Yeah, it's a very the only thing. I was like, no, no, we should we should be cheering. This is a good thing. This is good. But I don't know why she looks kind of. I don't know if she's meant to look sad or just emotional that it's her name up there. Or mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, Eliza, why do you look so sad? We we should be cheering, mm -hmm. no? Yeah, it's like a she smiles, but then like it turns a little bit, you know, sad, like bittersweet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if she's yeah, going like well you know the the business with Nash didn't turn out or like I wish William was here or I wish my dad was here I wish it was like our business there's there's a whole lot that she could be sad about you know it, obviously she's like oh my name's there I'm happy about that but we don't know what comes after yeah. the but we know there's a big but sorry big but <laughs> um but yeah what what comes after the, you know there could be a whole like a, a through z honestly you know and then like one through 12 uh eliza, eliza has a ton of issues and we all understand why she might be sad so oh, i don't know there's a ton i call of it the bittersweet smile because definitely, um, definitely. i i think that in that moment it it really is it really is a great moment like when I saw that I, I thought well I knew we were going to see her name above the door one day and it is a great moment mm -hmm. um, and I think it is it is great what preceded that so it was you know it was her you know mem the memory of the conversation with William right so in a way yeah. this is her way of making it work right because she always will find a way to work but um if we are seeing a bittersweet smile which I, I think that's what we're seeing and if it means anything I think it's a little like what Amanda one of the reasons you mentioned was if I think it might be because William may not be there standing with her seeing her name above the door we saw that in season one and we always thought well maybe there will be a moment when you know they he's able to witness that success um I think partially that's it or maybe I think it's because it wasn't um it it didn't occur in the way she probably thought right so we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think her coming to this moment is it was due to external factors, right? Like yeah. Nash's license got revoked and she's at a point where she doesn't have a job. And so she is, she's thinking like a survivor and she's like, well, what do I do? And it is great that the option is to go back to her business. I'm really glad that that's the option. Mm -hmm. But is it, would it have been different, I think, in her mind if she had making that choice for mm -hmm. herself um to you know she had learned all she needed at Nash and Sons and made that choice for herself to say you know what it's time I think I can do this on my own it is a little bit of a different direction so maybe that's what's behind the smile I like to think that it's because William isn't standing there 
supporting mm -hmm. her <laughs> and witnessing this, but I bet she'll write to him about it. I hope she, she will sends him, him a photo. I'd love him. I'd love, I'd yeah. love season yeah. five. <laughs> if, if we have a season five and maybe um, William is reading a letter of hers with a voiceover in a little, his little bedsit or whatever he's got in New York, I'd love him to have a little photo of her standing with the sign above her head so that he's kind of got something there like she sent it to him kind of going I'm really proud this is what I've done I've got my name above there like I always wanted to and hopefully he will have written back going yeah I'm really proud of you too that you've done that and things um that I feel like nice. I feel mm -hmm. like this mirrors William's kind of storyline with Arabella in the sense of I remember when, you know, Arabella breaks up with William and we all kind of sat there and went, oh, you know, do you think he would have broken up with her at some point? Do you think, you know, that would have run its course? And did she just get in there first? Would he have continued to date her? Would he have eventually married her and had kids and yada, yada, yada? And we all kind of came to the, the conclusion that, yeah, he probably would have got to the square of this probably isn't working out and or he would have let it run its course. And I wonder if it's a similar sort of thing with Eliza that she wasn't, I don't think she was unhappy at Nash and Sons. I think we never got to see how she felt about the success that she was just on the cusp of. Um, to know how happy, how comfortable she was at Nash and Sons. So there's part of me that kind of is that similar sort of thing of, would she have continued to work at Nash and Sons and then made the decision of, no, I've, I've run my course. Or would she have just continued to stick it out? Um, I would, I think, I would hope that she would have, a bit like William, I hope William would have got to a point where he would go with Arabella, nah, this isn't, this isn't for me. With, I want Eliza. And the same thing with Eliza of, no, Nash and Sons is great. I've learned what I needed to, but I prefer to be my own boss. I don't want to have to answer to somebody else. Because I think that's partly why I like this episode, because... Eliza is her own self she's not answering to anyone she's making all her decisions and it feels like she's in control this this episode in a way that she seems to have been floundering in other episodes of this season she lost her way a little bit a bit like I felt William lost his way in season three mm -hmm. yeah I really like that parallel because in a way it makes it does make you question um and and you know I would I think I would love to to think that you know if she had stayed right let's just say the scenario was she had a couple more months or maybe even you know half a year at, at Nash and Sons I, I do I want to believe that she would have found her way back because I think this was the original storyline like she was meant to come back but what there would have been a purpose and there was I I do think that she has taken some really great um a great experience and she's learned some skills and corrective experiences from being at Nash and Sons and she's going to bring it mm -hmm. to her, um, her agency. And it's her agency now, you know, mm -hmm. it's her name above the door. So another theory I was thinking was maybe if what we're seeing is a bittersweet smile, is it because if she's seen what she thought would have been the ultimate, you know, uh, placard of success, right. Her name above the door, but then she's in that moment thinking, so, but this doesn't feel like it answers everything because it doesn't, right? It's it's a wonderful moment, but it doesn't answer everything. Her heart is still questioning. There's a, there's something missing there. 
And I, and I think maybe she's thinking about what else matters in life. Yeah. No, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty poignant because like the flashback right before you see the moving her into her all her all her old office you know william says you know is anything worth it or is any of it all of it worth it you know it kind of brings up that like well what is it all for what do we what do you want out of life and so i think it's kind of you know part of that you know but what follows the but yeah she has her name uh, above her office but now she has a success, but who does she share it with? Yeah, she has Ivy, she has Potts, she has Clarence, but she doesn't have William. And so I think, yeah, part of it is she doesn't have that person to share the success with, which I think has always been a, you know, an idea that she doesn't, she's going to get that success, but she needs that other part of her life. She needs that person to share something with. I think there might also be a little bit of trepidation because yeah. to me, I kind of go, this is the last ditch attempt. If I can't make it with my name above the door, I know I can't make it. You know, it's almost like a, I'm just going to throw everything at it because at least I know I've tried and at least I know I can or can't do it. So almost in a, if it fails, she's got that fail safe that William comes back in what nine months let's say if I in nine months time the business isn't working and and it's not what she wants it to be she knows she's tried and then she can kind of make that commitment to William or actually putting her name above the door may be the best thing ever and she may suddenly get loads of clients because actually there's a whole load of women out there who want a woman on their case not you know, a man, perhaps she's going to help a whole load of women divorcees, um, you know, get some dirt on their husbands, maybe, who knows, but at least she knows she's tried, and she can go, when William comes back, she can, as he said, you know, we're exploring our options, she's going to have explored some options here that she can at least come back with something when he comes back. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because earlier in the episode, right? So uh, Nash and Eliza are talking and um, he's mentioning that he loves to go to the races, right? He's, mm -hmm. he's um, loves to gamble. And Eliza's like, well, I, I really don't like to gamble. Right. So the, I thought it was, it was a, it was just a short line, but like, I thought mm -hmm. there was something to it. Okay. So yeah. I was trying to like pay attention and see like, what, do, what could it mean? Right. Um, a lot of Rachel's lines when she writes them have underlined means. So I thought, well, she, it's funny because she seems like the type of person who probably would be good at gambling. Like she's very, sad. she likes to take risks in her life, right? She knows no rules and she just, you know, she goes about life her own way. But yet she says, well, not really someone who likes to gamble. But when we're com coming down to this last scene and you're saying, um, you know, she's probably thinking about, what will this mean? Because she, she can't predict. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Scary. It's scary to put your name above the door. And she's a woman. And at a time when that is just unheard of. So this is a gamble. This is her taking a risk and saying, I'm putting my name on above the door, putting it out there. And people are going to read about my, my agency. And um, is this going to work or not? 
-hmm. So it's, it's a lot of like underlying, you know, there's an underlying meaning to it. And I saw that as she's taking a big risk and I love it. I love that mm -hmm. she's taking a big risk because maybe her taking a risk in her, you know, in her business and career means she can take a risk with her heart <laughs> and she can uh, open up her heart. <laughs> That's the plan. That's what That's we want. That's the plan, right? You got to <laughs> ease her into it. Eliza just needs to ease yeah. into it. First the business side and then, you know, yeah. she'll be open to love maybe. Open to love. You can but hope. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, we, we, can, we could probably talk about this for, for another hour. Um, I'm not sure anybody else is going to be wanting to be with us for another hour. <laughs> So maybe maybe we go quickly uh, if that's even possible. Um, what did we what did we love about season four? How do we wrap up season four? Um, this was cricket. a big season. Yeah. <laughs> um, you go, Amanda. <laughs> I'm gonna be like the ivy of the group and throw <laughs> the loving truth bombs. Okay. So <laughs> well a lot of the case it, it was a good season um overall but I think the cases could have been better mm -hmm. I feel like they focused a lot of the on the personal point of view the personal side they focus a lot on the romance which I think the fans really love but we also love the mysteries and the cases. So we need, we're so needy. <laughs> we you just can't please it. We beg for romance and they give us romance. And now we're going to beg for more no better cases. <laughs> so we need a better balance, please. So the cases just needed to be better. It felt like the cases were just reworked ones that we've had. And so it felt like it was a very lazy writing. Sorry. Um, Lindsay, you... I would say economical. I was going to say you use the word economical, which I guess is very, is, is better. Um, you know... It, it, we didn't feel like we were very interested in like the cases and the people that were involved with the cases we didn't mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we didn't know the criminals or the answer to the crime and so it didn't seem like we were invested and so we didn't really care who did it or like who was the victim we were we were more focused on like, okay, just solve the crime and get back to the personal storyline, you know, because I guess that's just what we're focused on in this season. It'd be nicer to have like a more balanced approach, you know, I know we're very needy and picky. <laughs> <laughs> we're fans. We're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I'll guess. You know. <laughs> um, but I liked this season. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, going through my notes. Um, I really 
I really liked Phelps in this season. He had some great one-liners. So uh, whoever wrote the for Phelps, thanks. Um, I guess he works better. He worked better with Fitzroy season three. You know, I guess they had some teething problems, you know, Phelps um, was trying to bully him. And so Fitzroy had to stand up. They had that like dust up in the uh, <laughs> where Fitzroy knocked him out. And so season four, they kind of were like, okay, let's, you know, let's work together nicely, you know, not necessarily like perfectly, but, you know, they each kind of had their, you know, spot in the working, you know, Phelps kind of the older, grumpier guy and Phelps the newer, you know, pleasing, but, you know, they really had kind of that buddy, buddy duo that just worked well in the series and it it just worked well. And I really enjoyed that part of the season. And I think that really helped with the cases while we weren't really interested in the actual crime. I think we were interested in what the two of them were doing, which helped, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Phelps had some really genuine moments, especially in episode six, like we talked about, um, you know, talking with Fitzroy and talking with Eliza in the end where he was just kind and saying, you know, we're going to stick up for you in court and, you know, it, it'll be okay with Nash. And so he really kind of, he kind of grew on me. I really, I don't like him per se, but the character, <laughs> the character is better now. I see his place. She doesn't mind him. Right? Yeah, I don't mind she him. Said. She doesn't mind him, but I that's a compliment. In season three, I was like, all right, we, we can do away with Phelps. But in season four, I'm like, all right, I see why we need him. All right. He can stay. He can stay. They get him. You've got, you've got a job for another season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He better get Eliza and William together in season five. Yeah. That, then I love he Phelps. He needs to bring back <laughs> William. Um, <laughs> so... I really liked in the end of episode six, we can see or we can hear or see that William and Eliza are, or are corresponding regularly. She's getting, she's getting letters and saying, yeah, William's writing and da, da, da. And so I hope that, and uh, I hope that is better. We see in episode five, she's, you know, very cautious when she gets when she starts her letter, you know, it's very, I wouldn't say cold, but it's very formal. Like, hi, William. I had a interesting week and, you know, she, she's not sure how she's doing. So I hope their letters are going to get better for, for season five. And so I really liked, I hope where I, I have, I'm hopeful about the letters. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent about where they're at now, but I'm hopeful for the letters. Um, I want to shout out for the MVPs of the season. Ivy telling it like it is. She knows the truth that need to be told. Um, she's telling the people when and doesn't matter if they're going to get annoyed or if their feelings are going to be hurt. She knows what they need to hear exactly when they need to hear it. 
And I also need to do my other MVP clearance, my, my MVP of the business side. Um, he brought much needed relief um, when um, Eliza was in the office. He had these one-liners and he just brought, I think, um, a stress reliever to Eliza. I think he's kind of a different type of a Moses character, that kind of um, partnership that Eliza or that Moses brought to Eliza where she could count on Moses. She can count on Clarence, not like for a physical, like go to a CD business area and get this information, but she can go to Clarence and say, go to the hotel and check on this room and see who, you know, books this room and pays for it. And so she can count on Clarence like she could on Moses. And so I think Clarence is a, was a much needed character in this season, especially since we didn't have Moses. And so it was very nice to have Clarence. And so I really appreciated Ivy and Clarence for the roles they played and they were great in this season. And so I appreciated those in season four. The big issue I had in season four was the absence of William and Stuart, William slash Stuart, I guess you'd say for two episodes. I get why you took them out of the storyline, but you can't have half of the title character out of your episodes. I'm sorry, Rachel and Ben and PBS masterpiece, but the fans don't like it. Even if it, you know, forward momentums your storyline, it's unacceptable. Um, so I hope you fix that for next season because we need Stuart in the majority of the episodes because he was in, he was only in three. You can't count episode three. That was, that, that didn't count. So yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. But, a big but. There you go. Anybody else? <laughs> go on, Francesca. Totally you go next. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I, I agree with a lot of points. Um, I paused in the beginning, Lindsay, because there is just an entire list that I have. And I didn't even know where to start about what I love about this season. <laughs> yes. This is a big season. I, I can't even like, I don't even know how to say that. This is a big, I'm still processing this. Like I'm still yeah. emotionally processing yes. this season. I agree. I mean, I watched this season. Um, well, I didn't binge it. I mean, I, I watched it like over the course of five days. <laughs> I did say it was going to take two weeks, but I, you know, I couldn't, I can't do two weeks. That's um, and... <laughs> In some ways. Yeah, it is. Okay. So I, even in that moment, like when I finished the season, I was just, I was, I was going to say, I, I think I would need months to process this season. This was just such a big season. Mm -hmm. I loved that this was a season of love. <laughs> I love that this was a season that they showcased um, William's bravery and encouraged to open up his own heart as well um I think he you know we have theories that you know he's always sort of known that he's loved Eliza but I think being able to admit it to himself I think um Stuart talked about that in one of the podcast episodes 
that it came to a point where he was admitting to himself that this is it, that he loves her and she is his future. So I I really love the big moments. Um, the I mean, who doesn't love him writing the letters mm -hmm. and writing, you know, just simple and plain, like, I love you. You know, I think these are moments that the fans are going to keep and remember. And this is what allows us to go an entire year. It's, it's a, it's a mm -hmm. long and hard year, but it's moments that we keep precious. And, and it does remind us like that these two are end game and they will end up with each other. That's, I, I already know. And um, it, it reminds us, you know, about the, what's so strong about the relationship. So this season focused on Eliza and William. Um, I, I felt that that was a, a huge theme of it. It was finally looking at, well, how could, I mean, what are still the issues, but it, I think it addressed um, both of them in some ways facing um the reality that you know they both love each other but eliza still has a way to go to be able to voice that and to be able to i think admit it to herself um but i think it was the center focus of the season which was that we finally get to talk about eliza and william being in love they're you know they are in love with each other um but it was vocal and it was it was you know you talk about the mvps of the season we have to thank Ivy for basically navigating their entire relationship this season <laughs> and those moments of it being uh, communicated outward. I think that was, that was a huge part of the season. So I really appreciated that, you know, in terms of the season, the characters being faced with those conversations. Um, I loved the sweet moments between Eliza and William, even in the beginning of the season, the fireside chats, and I think what those, what the lines meant for the characters, like William's line of, is it all worth it? And I think how it comes back, it plays in the end of, of the season. I love those, um, those lines that are, are really, I, I think they mean a lot. And I think there's underlying meanings to it. Um, I loved Eliza's struggle in some ways. I mean, I think if she went into this uh, whole experience of National Sun thinking it was going to be the answer to everything, I think she found out, no, it wasn't. Um, there is some positive to that, to the struggle. And I would love to see how that gets played out um, with her own agency. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's just a whole list of things that I loved about this season. I think it was a very brave season. And I think in season two and three, we sort of brushed the um, the theme of, of Eliza and William being a you know potential couple in some ways to the side. It was a lot of barriers and obstacles. And I know that there is still a huge obstacle in this season, but I think that it was the progression that I have wanted to see. I've been waiting to see. And I felt very, um, at the end of it, I felt very fed with a lot of beautiful moments. And um, the heartbreak of season three, I can tell you, I, I overcame that heartbreak. <laughs> but there's still there's still a heartbreak in the end of, of William leaving. So I agree with you, Amanda, that he needs to be in every episode of season five. Um, it's just a non-negotiable. So... 
I uh, I can't I can't think of any any version of season five other than that. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I think I I echo both your thoughts. I think it's it's a good season. I think there are times where I felt like the cases could have been a bit not better, but I think how we as the viewer connects to the person who's done it. I think a lot of the time. I didn't always feel it took a couple, a rewatch or two to be able to connect with why um, the person who did it did it because we didn't really see them that much. Whereas previous seasons, I feel like we've really connected with them. Um, but I love, I do love the moments that we got. I think Stuart called it way back when, when he kind of said there are some lovely moments in season four and there are some really lovely moments I mean I never thought we would get a whole origins episode that I think everybody loves I don't think I've found anybody who goes oh no that origin story was rubbish you know I think everybody has has adored that origin story in, in a way that I don't think we ever thought we would probably get a whole episode like that um I like the fact that we got a few surprises like I think we all discussed William getting hurt being a catalyst for Eliza I don't think any of us ever thought it would be a catalyst for William to kind of go I need to spend some time and and how that would affect him and the, the thought of him leaving Scotland Yard like it never even occurred to I think any of us that that would kind of be the thing that would spur him on and like you say, the fact that we got those lovely moments of him actually saying, I love you and telling her and, and the way that he tells her is so simple. I think, you know, season three, at the end of season three, I, I was very much in the mindset of, do you know what? Nothing is going to happen between these two till the last five minutes of the last ever episode, if we're lucky. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that we got these lovely moments in season four was kind of like, oh, my God. Like I never expected this to happen. So I think it's nice that they've they've managed to surprise us with a few bits. Um, you know, and, and in, in terms of, of William, I totally get it. Like I get why they it I don't know what why they've written him out, whether it was a creative decision, whether it's scheduling or what. Um, you know, it does there is there, there does feel like there's something missing when William isn't in the episode. And that, that's not to take away from any of the other actors because Kate, I think she holds it together on all by herself in these episodes so phenomenally. Like, I cannot even imagine how hard that she must have to work in those episodes where she's holding it together without kind of her you know the counterpart of of the title character um and it has allowed other characters to shine you know the fact that William isn't there in the last episode I genuinely thought I was going to hate it and how do you have a season finale without you know your lead character your second lead character but actually the way that Fitzroy and Phelps really come into their own and you see what it's like without him. And again, I feel like they handled it better 
in this season than they did in season three where it was kind of brushed under the rug that William wasn't around and we were all kind of going hang on a minute what about William Eliza doesn't seem to care that William isn't around we know that she does care so I do agree I think season five we kind of need to pull it back a little bit make it a little bit simpler um and and yeah it's I I I, I'm really excited about what we got and I am excited about season five in a slightly different way I think when season three ended we knew Eliza was probably going to be working at Nash and Sons and we kind of had all these dreams of oh there's going to be bigger and better cases for her and I don't really know what her going to her own agency with her name above the door what that's going to look like in season five so I'm kind of curious and I don't know where that's going to go and I'm also kind of curious of what what's going to happen when William gets back and is he going to go back to Scotland Yard or or are we going to find him looking for something else I know there's a lot of or maybe they could have an agency together I'm not sure how that can work just yet I think they've got a little way to go before that can be a possibility but who knows what do you guys think what what would you guys like to see in season five I just want my Clarence and my Fitzy back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Ivy I, Ivy I, and Barnabas I really like how Ivy and Barnabas are in season four. They're really solid. Yeah. Um, I would have liked more of an update on where their wedding is, but I'm, I guess I'm okay with it. Maybe season five will have, I don't know, like a wedding or like more of a, where they are. I know they're doing a long engagement, but like more of a, have their relationship progressed um but they're really solid more ivy just more ivy in general maybe if you're not gonna have william in any episode make it miss scarlet and ivy (laughs) (laughs) um i hope since we don't know exactly where eliza and william's relationship is ending in season four you know, because of the letters, we don't, you know, have what the letters are including, you know, in season five, I hope we understand where the relationship is. I know we're not going to get a grand declaration of love from Eliza, like we did with William, but I hope we get a sense of some sort of warmth feeling, not just this distant you know, you're going to be in friend zone while I use you for my business. I hope Eliza moves at least forward in that. And so I hope we, while season four was William coming to the realization and saying his feelings, I hope season five will be that same arc for Eliza. I hope she doesn't get shot but I hope it's some sort of, <laughs> some sort of something that makes her come to this realization. You know, maybe it is William being gone, and that's the catalyst for her to state her feelings when he comes back, saying, "William, I realize how much you mean to me." You know, not this grand declaration. He's walking off the boat and throwing her, you know, herself into his arms and saying, "Oh, I love you, William." 
because that's I don't not think Eliza. That's going to happen with Eliza, is it? No, She's not that kind of a character. Eliza. But something of you know this time apart. I've you know done some thinking, and you know you're right, kind of thing, or like you're not wrong, maybe. <laughs> Um, I hope I hope she has done some thinking when we yeah. see them in season five I do hope that she has actually tried to do some thinking because I was a little bit nervous when episode five aired and there was a oh you know I'll I'll, I'll think about it when he gets back we'll talk about it when he gets back and you're like no 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 you need to be thinking about this while you're while he's away as well you can't just wait till he gets back to then start thinking about things so I'm hoping Scarlett O'Hara I'll think about it tomorrow and that's not that doesn't work so (laughs) hopefully you know she has thought about it and is going to at least talk to him when he comes back I hope there's a frank conversation about their feelings and their relationship at some point in season five there doesn't have to be big declaration i hope there's at least a conversation i hope they come to an understanding mm-hmm. well, there will be there will be i think this season was a reminder about what this show is about and the heart of the show is eliza and william and we're seeing the storyline i know from the lens of eliza but ultimately the heart of the show and what we we all love about the show is it's about eliza and william so I think when we saw the progression we saw in this season, there's no way that like the next season can't address even bigger, bigger topics about their potential relationship. There's no way that we can just, you know, not talk about it. It's going to be um, a focus in some ways, but I think um, I, I'm very optimistic about the future, to be honest. Um, I think that season, you know, we got season five, I think that it's going to be two things. I think it's going to be the two directions of one, it's Eliza gaining the confidence of having lost, you know, what what did occur in season four and, and the, the real shock of, of what happened with Nash. I think she's going to have sort of like a rebirth and sort of like this um, renewal of confidence. Mm-hmm. And I, look, I would love to see her really, really succeed. I mean, we talked about how maybe her name above the door might mean something, right? She might actually find, um, you know, there might be a population out there that might actually really, really want to um, connect with her about cases and everything because of her being a woman. I'd love to see that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, and there will still be struggle, I get that. But I think that this could be half of her uh, really renewing her confidence growing as a detective growing as a, as a businesswoman too and in, in, in a different way than she did in season one and two and three um and i think the other half is going to be her heart i think it's going to be her facing some some reality about you know william's absence and um i have a feeling that season five would probably open with a time jump and the, the question is, I'm just wondering if the first episode would show William still in New York or would it be his homecoming? You know, I think I would rather prefer him, you know, coming home. And so we're, we have that potential of six episodes, you know, with him. That's how it should be. But um, I do wonder about that, how it would start. Um, but I do think it's going to be those two sort of directions for the, the season because um, the emphasis of, of love and their relationship in season four is making me really optimistic for the future. 
Um, now there's two versions because there's things I want to see. <laughs> like, you know, realistic, right? Let's just be realistic. The, That's like, a whole different would, podcast episode. <laughs> all right. I would love to see her go to New York, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So, yeah, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see. But um, I think realistically, it would be definitely those two sort of um, journeys for her, like her business and, and her heart. So, I, I feel quite hopeful for season five because I feel like the cat's out of the bag now you can't put it back in like William can't take back how he feels and Eliza is gonna have to face that at some point like she can't ignore it anymore she can't pretend it doesn't exist so I do feel quite hopeful that season five is something as William said something's got to change and I feel like season five might be the season that something does change um what and how who knows? I think that's um, that's into the hands of the writers. But I'm very hopeful, and you know, hopefully we'll we'll have a season five announcement yeah. relatively soon. Yeah. Well, whatever. He's so excited. <laughs> we'll get a long year ahead of us first. Yeah. Well, whatever <laughs> happens in season five, it's gonna be interesting because we love our characters. It's gonna be good. Yeah, and we will be here. Yeah. We will be here. We ain't got anywhere else to be. <laughs> I, just have to, I have to say, though, the fact that we got a kiss in this season, yeah. that was not only one of the biggest two. moments, but I, oh, we got two. Yeah, we got two. Great. We got two. Okay. <laughs> we got two kisses. Um, I mean, that's got to mean something. For me, like, I mean, that was probably the only thing I was hoping for for season four. And I was very happy that my one wish came true. Um, and I just feel like that's giving me a lot of hope for the future. This was a season of love and the kiss mm -hmm. and, um, season five could be, well, could be a proposal, you know, I'm going to go <laughs> the season of rebirth. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's hope. All right. Well, ladies, this has been a great chat. It's been a long chat, but a great. <laughs> if you're still with us, yeah, I'm not surprised. Thank you. asleep. Uh, thanks for hanging in. Um, if you haven't joined us on any of our social media, please do. It's wonderful chatting with everybody on the group. Uh, Facebook is podcast or yeah, Scarlet Tears podcast. On Facebook, uh, Instagram is Scarleteers underscore podcast. Our website is scarleteerspodcast.wordpress.com. So you can find us places. Give us a shout out, chat with us. Everybody's got amazing insight and, and things to talk about. Um, I think our season four, episode four thread is over a thousand and one hundred comments and it's still going. <laughs> Please join it and you know spend days scrolling through everybody's comments. It's it's quite it's a very insightful. Very, very fun. Very fun. Um, there's still more to talk about too. It's, mm -hmm. it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna grow to be an enormous, enormous thing. Francesca, thank you for joining us and chatting about episode six and the season as a whole. Oh, thank you so much. much. So much fun. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Yay. 
Um, thank you everybody for joining in. Um, join us next time for a fun new episode. Um, bye-bye. Oh, not that one. <laughs>